Welcome to Chit Chat, the Central Michigan Life Sports Desk podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Chip Chat, the once-a-week sports talk podcast here at the Central Michigan Life Sports Desk. I'm Dominic Pastrangelo, your sports editor, and I'm joined by Taylor DeSormo, a staff reporter here who has covered, man, everything from football to baseball, softball, gymnastics. Is there anything you haven't done here on the desk, Taylor? I think soccer is the one thing I haven't really covered yet. Well, then we know what Taylor's doing in the fall, right, folks? <laughs> there you go. Um, We have a lot to talk about tonight, but it's a lot about one topic. Spring is in the air, Chippewas. And when I say that, I'm sure, Taylor, what what comes to mind immediately in terms of the sports world? Well, I think baseball and spring football. Wrong. We're going to talk about spring football here at (laughs) CMU. That's the thing that everyone is talking about as the Chippewas opened their 2015 spring practice. I was there, and we'll get to that here in a second, a little bit today. Uh, But Taylor was at CMU NFL Pro Day on Friday. Taylor, what was that experience like? That was pretty interesting. There were, I think, about 14 or 15 seniors that were out that were working out. There was 26 different NFL scouts and coaches there to kind of see what they had for them. Um, they did different workouts. They did different measurements. And uh, it was just really interesting to see those guys just perform in front of some NFL scouts to see if they can have a future in the NFL. So if you're an NFL scout, who's the one guy on that afternoon or that morning, right, that really, um, really stood out to you and said, wow, look out for this guy? Well, the, the top three who everyone's already looking at, which is Thomas Rawls, Titus Davis, and Latarius Walton, they really didn't perf- do much. They were at the NFL Combine a couple weeks ago, right. so a lot of them decided to stick with their old times and scores, but one person who did decide to do a little bit more was Thomas Rawls, and uh, the one thing he did do was the 40-yard dash, and I think it was about a 4.65 in the Combine, and they recorded him going about 4.42, which... I don't know if I believe that or not, but, <laughs> yeah. but definitely a lot faster. You could see that he was definitely motoring in his 40-yard time, and it definitely made an improvement. Did Rawls talk at all about um, his mentality and sort of the, the experience that he had at CMU? Obviously, it wasn't all positive for uh, his mm-hmm. time having to serve a suspension and then not being able to play in the Bahamas Bowl at the end of the year. Because um, I know that a certain uh, level of that assessment when you want to go to the NFL is how mentally tough you are and how much you respond to adversity. Did Rawls talk about any of that at all? Yeah, definitely. He he talked a lot about it. After the workouts were over, he talked to a few scouts, one being from the New Orleans Saints and one from the Minnesota Vikings. And he said a lot of the questions they were asking him were first about the court case, which he said that he explained to the same way to everybody, but he's moved past. And then also about what happened with that bowl game, him being ineligible. He explained to us it was just uh, it was a pass fail class and it didn't count the right way that he needed it to for his nine credits. So um, it was just a misunderstanding that he said both of those experiences though have been motivating him because he doesn't want that to be how he remembers the end of his football career. So he definitely wants to move yeah, and forward. Thomas Rawls, like those three other Chippewas, all would love to be playing professional ball someday. Taylor, of those three that you mentioned, who do you think has the highest draft stock and will go with the highest in the draft for CMU? Oh, that's a tough question. I think at the NFL Combine, it was Rawls who had a slightly higher score than the other two. I think Titus Davis, though, is going to be a really good grab for anybody in the draft. He can really catch the ball. They say his hands are a little small, but he says, well, I've, I've been catching all my career, and my hands have been the same size. So Been breaking records here. Yeah, it hasn't been much of a problem. Him, he has beaten records the Antonio Brown set, and well, we all know Antonio Brown has done some special things with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think yeah. Titus Davis has a high ceiling in the NFL. And he also brings something that's so valuable to NFL teams, and that's the ability to perform on special teams. Um, the CMU special teams last year weren't wonderful, but you again Titus missed a lot of the years, and even a lot of the year, and even when he came back, he didn't really see a lot of action. I think he came back for one punt or two punts yeah, in the Bahamas Bowl. In the Bahamas Bowl after <laughs> um, 
um, after suffering that injury in the first week of the year. So it could have even been more of an, expo- an explosive player for CMU. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking to this year in the spring football practice uh, this week and into next week, the spring football game is coming up during uh, the later part of, of the spring. Um, Taylor, i got to say, it was very interesting um, to observe the difference in the dynamic um, just at one practice uh, for CMU football, um, everyone was all smiles. It was a very positive, upbeat feeling. And you got to believe that that's sort of the way that these things run in general. Um, but with all this energy and newly hired football coach John Bonamigo, um, these chips really do believe in the message that uh, the coach Bono, as they call him, mm-hmm. um, is preaching. Do you think that that'll translate onto the field? I mean, we've talked at length about this the hiring, and you know, from a political standpoint and from a strategic standpoint, if it makes sense for CMU. Um, but do you think he has the ability to motivate players? That's a good question. I think if there's one thing we do know is that he's definitely going to be much more open. I mean, obviously, just the fact that he had open practice this morning was That's right. something special that we never got to see for with Dan Enos. But um, we know he's gonna he's a good has a good personality. We know that he can connect with players and fans and and media. Now the question is, like you say, can he translate that on the field? And that's going to be, uh, we're not going to really find that out until September. So I think it's it's interesting because he has a lot of the same assistants that Dan Enos had, so there isn't a whole lot of change in that. But there's also, I mean, when the head coach changes, obviously things do change. And I must say, you know, we talked about that that sort of carryover from years past. And it, it is somewhat of a different staff and a different leader, um, but not a completely different mm-hmm. uh, staff and a completely different look. I mean, Back comes quarterback Cooper Rush, yep. who I swear, maybe it's just because I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he's grew at <laughs> least a foot since the last time I talked to him. Mm-hmm. He's bulked up, and he looked great in practice. Um, you know, Cooper Rush has had somewhat of a tumultuous career here. He you know, went out there his first season and got banged up and threw interceptions, and but then ended the year last year with that incredible performance in the Bahamas Bowl during that comeback that effort. <laughs> it was incredible. Um and now I, I do believe this is his moment. I know it's, it's the biggest cliche in sports, um, but as the quarterback and the leader of the Chippewas, um, it'll be his time uh, to step up and to lead this offense that lost a lot of weapons in Rawls and Davis and now potentially Courtney Williams to injury. It's so, it's so important for the Chippewas and so important for Rush that from day one right now in spring practice and OTAs, um, in my opinion at least, um, he sets the tone for what this Chippewa offense is going to be like. I mean, early predictions, just looking at the roster additions and subtractions, would you say that the defense or the offense of this team will be its staple heading into the year? I think when you look at Cooper Rush, you have to you have to think the offense, since that's staying the most the same, even though he's losing Titus Davis and Thomas Rawls. But you think about it, two two springs ago, he wasn't even in the conversation. He was the third string. That's he ended right. up being the starter. Last spring, it was him or Cody Cater that was debating. This spring, there's no debate. We know who the starting quarterback is going to be. He's going to get all the reps behind the center, and that's got to help him out. He had a huge confidence boost with that with the Bahamas Bowl. Obviously, he's not going to throw seven touchdowns every week. Hey, we never know. I mean, we mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, just the way that he performed and how he's been growing. As a freshman, when you're playing quarterback in a Division One team, it's going to be a struggle. But by the time you're a junior and senior, you're going to see those those fruits pay off just because of all the, the snaps that you've had in real games. Also, since the last time we talked, the senior football team announced its schedule. And we all already know those non-conference games. But the MAC schedule looks like kind of a cakewalk. For me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it. Let's first talk about the non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Which date really sticks out to you? Um, there's there's one that, that should be a winner, and then there's three that, that you never know. If they can win one of them, they'll be happy. Oklahoma State, Michigan State, 
and then the fourth one is Syracuse. The other one is Syracuse. Right. I think those are going to be three really tough games, and to just get one of those three, I think would be happy. That's right, and I believe that. Again, I, I was chatting with the Morning Sunbeat reporter uh, this morning at practice, and we were talking about that Michigan State game. Do you think CMU will get blown out in that game? I, I think it's pretty much inevitable. They might be able to hang out around for a quarter, maybe even a half, but I think Michigan State's going to be one of the top ten teams in the nation. So to, even just to be within single digits at the end of the game would be a huge accomplishment. What an upset that would be. We will look forward to covering the CMU football team this fall, folks, and we hope that you'll follow our coverage throughout the spring, leading up to the spring game, and, of course, in the fall when the Chippewas kick off the season. For Taylor DeSormo, I'm Dominic Mastrangelo. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.